Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That's Arthi. That's Noor. And you're listening to The Reality Is. But what she texted happened? me. Do you want to know what she said? What? She said she had vertigo. No, she did not. <laughs> People going to have Ramona on? <laughs> no, okay. All jokes aside, for real, one of our really good friends, she's a Geraldine. She's a Crappenser. She's a Jersey girl. She's hilarious. Her name is Sonia. She runs a TikTok, No Chillery Banks, and she runs a <laughs> podcast about Flavor of Love. So... Anyway, she was supposed to be on today, but she could not. Because she did. She did get sick. She had an mm-hmm. inner ear thing that turned into a vertigo. <laughs> it sounds like a lie. But I told her, I said, it's not Ramona vertigoid. And she was like mortified. She's like, no, no, no. I swear. So I do believe that she didn't. She's going to hell for laughing at somebody's illness. No, we're not going to hell. She laughed too. I was like, it's hilarious. And look, no shade to people who have vertigo. Literally like... I'm waiting for the day that the vertigo hits me because every single person in my family gets vertigo. So I'm like, I know it's coming soon. Okay. So I can laugh at it because eventually karma will get me. And I have have told you I have vertigo. Do you? (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) Sometimes Hmm. I do get it. It's very rare, very, very rare. And one of the reasons why I don't go on um, roller coasters because I had a very bad experience oh. going on a roller coaster and it just messed me up even more. So oh. interesting. <laughs> well, you can laugh at the vertigo then. No, I'm mad at you. No, <laughs> shut <laughs> up. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, um, today we're here to talk about Brahasas of Potomac and Shaws mm-hmm. of Sunset, as usual. Mm-hmm. But, oh, before we get started on that, obviously, we're recording Monday night. The big news is that everybody must cancel their plans for <laughs> October to come to New York because <laughs> surprise, fucking surprise, BravoCon is canceled. Duh. Yeah. I was like, there's no way they can do manage all of that no. with everything coming, coming around. And again, wear your damn mask and get your vaccination. This is not going to end unless you get vaccinated and even then it's going to be a struggle it's going to be like we need to get boosters and we need to get new vaccines for the new variants for a while this is not it's not going to end you're being idiots sorry but you are don't apologize there's nothing to be sorry about it's true no, that was People a sarcastic it was a sarcastic sorry i didn't mean it <laughs> it was a housewife sorry sorry <laughs> sorry <laughs> It wasn't Ramona, sorry. I'm sorry, okay? I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. If you're mad that BravoCon is canceled because of obviously the anti-vaxxers who are continuing to keep us in the the heightened, most heightened height of pandemics as possible Mm -hmm. because we've never been out, please stop following people like Monique Samuels and Gretchen Rossi and Lydia, Kelly Dodd, all these assholes, pretty much everybody from OC, to be honest. Right. Anybody from OC that was like marching around with their Save the Children posters during Black Lives Matter time, those people are like ripe 
for QAnon conspiracy theories. And unfortunately, Monique was one of those people that was on Twitter talking about how 5G towers gives you coronavirus. And she's been on TV peddling yeah. fucking essential oils as medication for her children. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I know we talk yeah. about Potomac and we, we've we never been shy about our feelings about Monique. What really ends up being the nail in the coffin for me is that she is an anti-vaxxer. Mm-hmm. So if you're mad about BravoCon being canceled... First of all, okay, wait, hold on. First of all, BravoCon being canceled should be the least of the things that you're mad about because coronavirus right. is going on. I like, was like, yeah, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. If yeah. you are mad about BravoCon being canceled, you have, yeah, you probably are also listening to QAnon because there's no way that you would be mad about BravoCon being canceled otherwise because it's the most sensible thing to do. I mean, you could be sad about BravoCon being canceled. Yeah, but not mad. If you're going to be mad at anyone, just be mad at the people who won't get their goddamn vaccine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm sick of them. I'm sick of all of them. And also, by the way, I do want to say thank you to everybody who reached out. They were so sweet after our last episode oh where God, we yes. suddenly took a very emotional turn. <laughs> it just came out of nowhere. <laughs> Which we tend to do. We like we, So listeners have to understand that Nora and I have gotten very close as friends and we see each other twice a week yeah. and we don't really have a proper conversation before we start recording. I no. jump on. We both don't have enough time. So we both jump on and literally you press record, record and you record whatever nonsense I'm talking and that's how we start, right? <laughs> whatever it is, the last sentence that I spoke. We don't necessarily get to catch up. So we don't mm-hmm. ne- necessarily get to talk about what's going on in our lives, mm-hmm. really, and what I'm going through. We text each other, but it doesn't necessarily the mean same. the same. No. So when we when I saw you, it just came gushing out, Aww. and then you started gushing, and then it was gushing. <laughs> Next thing you know, the listeners are gushing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm crying. You're crying. Everyone's crying. Oh well, thank you for crying with us, and thank you for being yeah. so kind. I can't make yeah. any promises that we won't cry today. Not because there's anything in particular that was like very sad uh, mm-hmm. on what we watched, but who fucking knows <laughs> what's going to come out of our mouths. Yeah. And see, this is the other thing. I probably won't cry with anything that pertains to Potomac, Family Karma, or Shas because mm-hmm. it is so hilarious. Beverly Hills and New York have, you know, New York isn't doing well and Beverly Hills gets me all worked up. So yeah. in there's a lot of emotions and there's gaps and there's not enough fun there. So that's when the other emotions come into play. Hear me out. I think that... <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't I know. Think I'm, I'm dreading the... what's going to come no, out of I think the Potomac can sometimes make me cry. Because mm. let me tell you, so I don't like to see Karen Huger sad. Aww. I don't like to see her sad either. Yeah. She's fine. She's, She's yeah. fine this episode, but yeah. yeah. All right. So we start with Potomac. Ashley has had baby Dylan, and she brings baby Dylan home. We see lots of home iPhone footage of Ashley and baby Dean and baby Dylan and Michael. Did you notice that when Michael was like introducing baby Dylan to baby Dean, he was like, Look, he's got no teeth. And I was like, don't shame the baby for not having teeth, Michael. Ma- Michael, you're not going to have teeth soon. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> baby Dylan and baby Dean are going to look at their dad and say, look, daddy, no teeth. <laughs> you don't have any teeth, daddy. But also, Ashley says, once I had a look at him, I knew he belonged to the family. What do you mean? <laughs> like, did you have... Sh- did you have doubts, Ashley, as to whose baby this was going to be? 
And you looked just like, oh, it's a white baby. It's bald. It looks a little bit like Dean, a little bit like me. Yeah, it is my baby. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, Ashley, what were you thinking was going to come yeah. out of there? Like a fedora? Like, what did you think? <laughs> She's so funny. Uh, <laughs> then we like, have... it's, not a, it's not a kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> we are not in Oz anymore. <laughs> You're ridiculous. Uh. Then, then we go to a touching family scene with Mia. Mia and her kids and her husband go to a mm. picnic. And <laughs> I'm okay. sorry, she cracked me up. So she's like all dressed up. She's got her kids in like really cute Instagrammable outfits. Her daughter heavy, is heavy, she, heavy weave. It's have, like heavy, heavy weave. She, the daughter she's barely is, keeping her neck up, and yeah, then she the, has all the stuff. The in her daughter, hand. the daughter's got these like fun sunglasses on. Everybody's yeah. carrying a fucking prop. And yeah. <laughs> the daughter face plants <laughs> on the sidewalk. And I was like. If that's not me dressed up to go out, uh-huh. as soon as I get into my heels, I'm like, oh, I'm going to fall mm-hmm. on my face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's, what, that's what happens every time I wear heels higher than one and a half inches. I can only do kitten heels. I cannot do anything higher than that. Anything number, higher than yeah. that, I'm wobbly. My center of gra- gravity is gone. I have actually fallen down and face planted like that. <laughs> yeah, the number of times the palms of my hand have had to meet the yes, sidewalks of New York I City. I can feel the pain on the palms. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel that when the, yes, when the it's pavement just stinking just... pain of your yes. hands hitting the sidewalk? Because, <laughs> yes. and by the way, guys, I don't even drink. It's just because I can't wear heels. Okay, my big fat ass. I have is not actually not fallen anytime I've been drunk. Mm. It's always two or three times that I've fallen. One time I did fall in the bar, but I wasn't drinking. I just forgot I was wearing heels and you know put you put your your legs on the on the bar stool i just got down like i was getting down with flats and the heel got stuck in the in the leg rest oh. the heel part of my shoe got stuck in the leg rest and i went tumbling down i brought down two other people oh. but i was completely <laughs> i was completely sober i thought but- you were gonna blame it on your vertigo i could i should have <laughs> I should have. Oh you want to retell God. the story? I'll edit it. Yes, I had where to go. <laughs> I still wasn't drunk, but everybody was like, I had just walked in and sat too. So everybody was like, oh, you already, you sh- cut her off. Don't give her any more. I'm like, I'm just drinking water. He hasn't even brought my drink to me yet. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we go back to Mia's family. So they're having this nice picnic outside. And I think the content of the conversation that Mia is having with her husband is actually really nice. She's talking about her parents. She's talking about her strained relationship with her mother, who only lives 20 minutes away, but never wants to see her because Mia reminds her mother of her father and her mother was addicted to drugs and all this stuff. And I think what was really interesting was when Mia was talking, did you notice that she had her normal voice on when she was talking to her husband? No, because I was more worried about the big ottoman that suddenly showed up. It was white. <laughs> it, was a, it was a bright, white, beautiful ottoman that suddenly showed up in their picnic. 
and it was in the middle of the picnic and they put it down. I was like, it's on the grass. It's on the dirt. <laughs> and then she had these strawberries, just a few handful of strawberries that were cut and left on the ottoman. And neither of them ate them. So all I could think of was like, it's a white <laughs> ottoman and you have red strawberries. that The kids are running around. That's all I could think of. Yeah. Yeah, you were too busy focused on the props. Well, the conversation was lovely. But the thing that bothered me about it, I don't like when conversations like, like I thought the conversation itself was great, but you can very much tell that this is not a new conversation that she and Gordon are having. This Mm -hmm. is a conversation that they've previously had and they decided we're going to sit together. He's almost like interviewing her, you know? And it's like, you're not interviewing this woman. You've been with her for like over 10 years. You know the situation. It just, how it's presented was really fake. And another thing that I can't stand is because they go into this thing about Mia being like talking about her job and how important her career is. They do this thing where they sit the kids down and then they put the kids on the spot about their mom's job. I fucking cannot stand that shit. It was very produced. Let's get some scenes with your family about your background and the producers tell her, just talk about it. This is like when when the housewives first come on and they have the awkward conversations of getting their story together for a reel that the producers can then insert somewhere, right? So... I appreciate the story. It just felt very contrived in that moment. I think when you see somebody like Mia present herself this way and set up a scene this way where they're all bringing these fucking Instagram photo shoot props to this picnic, which is likely just sort of the courtyard in the building where they live, right? That's probably where they were sitting. It's literally the it's a grassy knoll across yes. from her building that yes. oversees the Baltimore Harbor. Exactly. And it's just where people sometimes go and sit with their chair and watch. But it's not even a proper picnic area. It's just like a grassy knoll. Exactly. So it's if you look at something like that, like Mia, who's Mm. so produced, in contrast to Robin, it's hilarious. Like this is why I love Robin is because Robin Dixon, if you ever see her in most of her, first of all, most parties, she looks like she does her makeup, everything like that. Yeah. Unless she's going to a party or dressing up, Robin is usually in like yoga pants and a t-shirt and a headband yeah. or her hair is up or she's got a hat on like she's very she's very much just very wearing normal. the clothes that she wears yeah. kids are usually in like sweats or a t-shirt and shorts very athletic old navy yeah stuff. well she probably is not <laughs> no she is wearing old navy i was like she's, she's wearing, wearing old navy, old navy. She is. no 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 i know she's <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she is. She is. She's old Navy and Target. And she does perfectly fine. She, yeah. You don't have to have a ball gown every time you go somewhere. Exactly. So then we see Giselle visit Ashley. She brings gifts, which is a pack of Corona. <laughs> For Ashley, which is great. Giselle and Ashley are sitting and talking, and Giselle is recapping what's going on, what went on Mm. at the last event that they were at, at this, like, Mm. pajama jam. She's eating a donut, and Baby Dean comes in, and he looks at her like, who the fuck is this lady, and why is she eating (laughs) my fucking donut? Yeah. She's like, uh, can you put that down? He's very polite. He doesn't start crying. He's not like Dorit's kid calling <laughs> calling her. Like, a bad guy? Na- bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, how, that's not how baby Dean operates. Baby Dean is like, uh, I'm going to just give an awkward little smile. He looks so cute, though, in that little <laughs> trench so coat. Cute. 
They're so <laughs> cute. Lisa is so cute. Now, baby Dylan takes a cue because Giselle's sitting there and she's talking shit. And Dylan's yeah. like, I want to contribute to this. And he takes a gigantic dump. Yeah. <laughs> Giselle is talking shit about people and also about actual literal shit. So he's like, did you say shit? Here. <laughs> is this my cue? Is this my cue? He was like, he was like the countess waiting outside yeah. of that room. He was looking her. at the cue card. He was looking at the producer in the back cue card. Now, now, no. okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like here yeah, we the, go. It's like Luann at her music video, waiting for the cue to somebody for somebody to have mm-hmm. her walk in through those big yeah. glamorous doors. He was like, "Now's my turn. I'm gonna yeah. make my debut." Yeah. Okay, they're talking about pooping during labor. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna share a story. No, I know you did. I don't need to know that. <laughs> I may take it out because I do edit the episodes. Okay. <laughs> I know you won't. You're going to subject us to your poop story, aren't you? <laughs> it's actually a lovely story about my Okay, husband. fine. Okay, Go so ahead. Giselle's talking about how, first of all, the producers are so fucking funny. This I just want our listeners to know I tried, okay? Yeah. I tried to stop the poop train. Giselle, now Giselle gets asked by the producer if she got divorced because <laughs> Jamal's during labor. <laughs> And this is why. Okay, everybody thinks like Giselle doesn't want anybody to make fun of her, but like Giselle is cracking up at the producer because she genuinely thinks it's such a funny fucking question. Okay. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, guys, yeah. listeners, if you're squeamish, you might want to just we skip might ahead. Put some, skip yeah, ahead thirty. Like, no, you know what? Skip ahead ninety seconds. Ninety seconds. I'm so sorry, everyone. So, <clears throat> I'm so sorry. Okay. <laughs> so when I gave birth, oh, I this was... just mutes me. It doesn't mute you. <laughs> you tried to mute me. <laughs> when I when I went into labor with my first child, I was really nervous that this would this would happen to me. So I purposely. Like, I knew that I was going to go into labor that weekend. It it just, I knew it was going to happen. I purposely didn't eat that day. So I had not eaten. Okay, I went into labor at 6 p.m. on Sunday night. I had not eaten. My water broke. I went to the hospital. I didn't start actively laboring, as in pushing out the baby, until the next day. So I was in labor for over 24 hours. So I'm pushing. And you don't know. You're so fucking numbed up. You don't know what's going on down there, right? You have no idea. You don't know what you're pushing. You don't know what you're pushing or where you're pushing out of, okay? They're just telling Uh, you to push, lift your fucking legs, and you push. So you lift your legs, and you push, and you're not sure what's happening. So I push and then I look at my husband and I go, did I poop? And he looks at me and he goes, no. And I go, okay. And then I gave birth to my beautiful son. It was lovely, all this stuff. You know, we had family come and whatever. And then after everybody left, it was just me and my husband and my beautiful baby. We're having this sweet, tender moment where it's just our little family. My husband's holding Aiden. He's looking at him. He's, oh, he's so beautiful. My husband looks at me and he says, you did really good. And I said, thanks. I'm just really glad I didn't poop. And then he looked up at me from the baby and he said, you did. And I was like, what? (laughs) You did poop. I just... I just didn't tell you. And I was like, but I asked you. And he goes, yeah, but if I told you in that moment, you would have just been so upset. So I just told you that it wasn't poop. But yeah, you definitely pooped. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, Fahad is so cute. I know. He's very <laughs> sweet. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's it. That's the poop story. So yeah, Jamal okay. sucks for being weirded out by it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. This All is right. <laughs> this is enough poop for one day. <laughs> All right. I'm so grossed out right now. <laughs> The miracle of birth, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's one thing to go through it. It's another to hear somebody else talk about it. <laughs> I know. No, I must say, as much as I love Giselle retelling all this stuff, this is where I was like, like literally my notes say, Giselle is so fun. <clears throat> and so she's so genuinely fun and realistic in how she retells stories. Mm-hmm. Like I would love to hear Giselle just sit and talk about when she went to a party and all this shit happened, right? Like yeah. she's a great storyteller. Yeah. But then literally my next note is, ugh, Giselle, why must you body shame? <laughs> Because this is where Giselle goes into not just like body shaming Wendy for showing off her amazing body, <clears throat> but then mm-hmm. also narrowing Wendy down to being the type of person who would be so insecure about something that she would spend hundreds and thousands of dollars to change her whole body to be more likable to her husband. Like, none of it made any sense. This whole thing that Giselle says about like the Eddie rumors are the reason why Miss Wendy is turning into Miss Wendy. I'm like, mm-hmm. No, Wendy is clearly like I do think that Wendy is going through something which we've talked about where I think that she it's was It's not insecurity. No. No. It's a whole other thing. It's a whole <laughs> other thing that's happening. It's that she was likely a nerdy goody two-shoe mm-hmm. girl her mm-hmm. whole life and she achieved all of the things that she was meant to achieve and now she's gotten to a point in her 30s where she's like I'm unhappy and I want to finally focus on myself. Mm-hmm. I want to get to be the, mm-hmm. you know, I want to do thought shit because mm-hmm. I didn't get to do that shit when I was in my right. 20s or my teens right. or whatever. As a immigrant women that yes. grew up in very conservative homes and, you know, in conservative communities, that is something that happens with a lot of us because yeah. we are so focused on getting our education and our checking all the check boxes yeah, that we are supposed to rules. check following the rules that you don't necessarily enjoy and experience the freedom that kids here growing up experience. Yeah. Kids here experience things in high school that we may not experience until we are in our 30s. Yes. That's because we are so laser focused on a whole bunch of other things that yeah. need to get done. When you finally get to that point where you feel you've checked all the boxes, now you st- you have the time and energy to focus on yourself mm-hmm. and you suddenly realize you did not experience a lot of things that your coworkers did or people of your own age did. And it sort of gets you into a place where you want to experience some of that. And so you can do dumb shit if that is what you need to. Which, or you can do some smart shit. But it yeah. depends. So you can experience new things that you may not have otherwise. And I think that's where Wendy is sort of coming into is like she did everything that her mother wanted her to. And she did everything she wanted to do academically and career wise. And now she wants to have fun. Exactly. Maybe Maybe she's overcorrecting and going to the other side uh, in terms of how much fun and what level of fun. And, you know, she could have fun different ways. She doesn't have to be forever 21 fun. She could be a further up fun, but she's not quite getting there. But it's her overcorrection. It's going to take a while. She's tweaking it and she'll get there. 
Which I think is fine, but I think what frustrates me about this whole argument, because this whole episode, Giselle takes every opportunity to question Wendy's legitimacy as a person. And I think what upsets me about that is she's dumbing Wendy down to being the type of insecure woman that would do all these things for the affection of a husband that she already has. And that's not even something that Giselle did. Giselle didn't even do that for the affection of a husband that she had. She yeah. faked a boyfriend of an ex-husband mm-hmm. who cheated on her, mm-hmm. talked shit about her, ruined her life mm-hmm. and ruined her reputation for, what, 15 years? Mm-hmm. So, like, Giselle projecting her own shit onto Wendy is really mm-hmm. gross. And it, like, really upset me as somebody who loves Giselle as the villainous person that she is right. on the show. Right. So it just like, was really frustrating. But I think, like, people also have to remember that Wendy was different last season because she had just had a baby. They You're always right. forget that Wendy had a baby. For some reason, the only thing Ashley is the only one with with children. Yeah. When Wendy joined the show last season, she had a two-month-old at home. Yeah. A two-month-old preemie baby. This whole idea that, I don't know who this Wendy is. Wendy wasn't like this last year. I've seen so much of Wendy's body. Like, yeah, Wendy probably didn't want to show her body last year because Wendy had just had a baby. And if Wendy wants to get a new body because she fed three human children from that body and she wants to spend her money to make her body look hot and then she wants to show off that body, that's her prerogative. Mm -hmm. And I think she's totally in the right to do that. But what I will say with Wendy, when you come on a show and you're second season glow up is so extreme where you're doing all the housewives tropes Mm -hmm. it can come off as inauthentic to viewers and i can understand yeah i understand as a viewer how people might say we we actually got to see and love wendy the professor and that gave us like this is who the character is going to be in the show right yes This is the prim and proper professor who's going to be black girl magic and she's going to school everybody and she's, you know, and her quirk is going to be that she's going to be prim and proper. Yes. And she's going to be above all of this and which is what we will love about her and we will also make fun of her for that. But yeah. it'll be her comic relief. It'll be how will Wendy react to something that we would think of as below her intellectual level. And yeah. that would be the comic relief of Wendy. Yes. And here comes Wendy with a whole different, completely opposite facet of her personality. Yeah, And it's not that Wendy shouldn't have these facets. Everybody has multiple facets of their personality. It's that Wendy just went from one facet which was on one extreme to a completely different facet of her personality and which may be what she wants to depict maybe she's more comfortable with it this this season for whatever reason it is screwing up the audience's experience of who Wendy's character is supposed to be in this ensemble so that's the part that is throwing you off a little bit but I think that doesn't mean that Wendy cannot have multiple facets to her personality and that doesn't mean that this personality wasn't there last year or before she had the baby she didn't dress provocatively or we don't know Wendy before last year so we don't know her full personality yet so this may be part and parcel of that but I think what Giselle and the rest of them have to do is not worry about what Wendy is presenting to the audience they have to worry about how are they going to navigate this new Wendy because they don't know what to expect from her because they had boxed her they had boxed her into the professorship so she is throwing them for a loop yes plus she's looking hard doing that 
Yes. So who are they to judge Wendy on how she should present herself and her marriage? Why are they going after something when she hasn't done anything to you? You, She was on your side all of last year. Giselle and Robin coming in and talking about Wendy is being a whole other person and we don't know who this person is. Well, Robin and Giselle haven't necessarily given us fresh content about themselves in the entire right. time that they've been on the show. Do I mm-hmm. love them on the show? Yes, absolutely. Because I mm-hmm. think they're, they're a necessity for the show. Mm-hmm. But but they're not giving us anything fresh about themselves and what's going on in their lives. I think mm-hmm. that they kind of see themselves to be sort of like a Ramona or a Luann who like, yeah. we just need to show up. Us being here is the show, which I mm-hmm. think is true. And I can see why they would say, you don't need to do all this extra shit for us, Wendy. You're already yeah. part of the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. I do think that Wendy could have, I think you brought up a great point, which is Wendy probably is more like a Heather Dubrow. Yes. And she could have come on this show as more of a Heather Dubrow in her second season, but mm-hmm. she came on to try to be more like a Mia. Yeah. And I think that that is sort of also clashing. But I think one of the really interesting things we saw this episode was her conversation with Eddie. And I do yeah. want to say that when Wendy not knowing that you're supposed to check your name and register your business. That's. No. You have four fucking degrees, Wendy. You are now pretending. You are now, now you're produ- pretending to be, be dumb. Now you're playing yeah. stupid. And then that's where I go, okay, well, maybe Giselle has a point that Wendy's presenting mm-hmm. herself to be something that she's not. But Eddie said something really interesting, which was, I think that you're finally getting to do all these new things. And you're allowing yourself to explore all the new facets of who you could be. But I think that you're trying to do it all at once. And I think that she's struggling, which is 100% what I think is happening too. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, Wendy, I need you to like just pump the brakes and Mm -hmm. like you will get your scene. Don't worry. You're going to be on the show. Don't worry. Like don't think that this is going to be your last season on the show. Mm -hmm. And like next season you won't be cast. So like Mm -hmm. you need to get in as much content as as possible. It's okay. She's also thinking of it as... This is my opportunity to do something, to leverage the show. Yes. And so she's rushing through that process instead of taking us along on that journey. Yes. And maybe that is part of the pandemic effect, right? Like yeah. you start thinking about what you want to get done and you don't know where things are going to be in a couple of years. So you start rushing through what you wanted to get through in life. So she is trying to rush through that. And we are not quite ready for that. We feel like, wait a minute, where does this, this come from? First year plastic surgery and then your business and it's a lot of things to package into one person yes which is what Wendy is she's a lot of lot of things packed into one person mm-hmm. however it's hard for the audience to digest it and I think where Giselle and Robin are coming from is there is some things that Wendy is doing that they think is not authentic mm-hmm. and they're picking up on that and they're picking on it which I am part of me is like from the viewpoint of Wendy I'm like that's so horrible for them to do yes but from yes. the audience viewpoint I'm also enjoying that a little bit because that is yeah. giving us more content that is still hilarious it's, it's hilarious it's yeah it's hysterical so i am actually enjoying the back and forth it's okay and i think professor wendy shows up next week when she is criticized for showing up with happiness yeah <laughs> and she's exactly. like Maybe Giselle needs a little bit of happiness in her life. I'm excited for next week and Wendy, Professor Wendy showing up. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and that's Dr. Wendy, if you're nasty. Dr. Wendy. Okay, Ashley? Yeah. Now, Mia <laughs> and Giselle, Mia goes to her interview with the Green Eyed Bandits to see whether or yeah. not she'd be fit on the show. She wears a ball gown. So this place that they go to, Sobe, yes. right? 
It's a black-owned, very famous lounge mm-hmm. in Greenbelt. Uh, <laughs> it's a very nice place. So I've gone many, many times, and mm-hmm. they have beautiful. They have wonderful music. Local bands play, and they play R and B one night, jazz. Uh, they do go-go music, and they have other. Uh, and it's a beautiful lounge. It has a dining room and a lounge and an outside area. Yeah, but all of it is at the end of. It's in the corner of a strip mall, oh. and it's sort of behind a bank. And you have to like go in a loop and go behind into a corner of the strip mall, and that's where this lounge is. It's very famous. A lot of people, very very wealthy Black uh, Marylanders, go there. They live yeah. there's so, there's a very wealthy Black community around Greenbelt mm-hmm. and Prince George's County, so they all go there, and it's beautiful. Food is great, drinks are strong. It's really awesome. However, it's at the end of a strip mall, and you don't wear a ball gown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you don't wear a gown. Did you know who was best dressed for that? Robin. Robin. Always. Yes, that's how people show up there. <laughs> now, I, maybe I, on a date night, you yeah. you might see women with you know a bodycon dress or something of that sort. Yeah. But no, it's it's a cocktail dress attire at the most. If on a night, on a Friday night or a Saturday night, and like when you're Otherwise, invited, when you're invited to go to a place, don't you? The first thing I do is I go on Yelp and I look at what the place looks like. Oh, Mia definitely knows that place. Everybody in Maryland. Knows if they are it. black, knows yeah. that place. Okay, yeah. this is just you know collateral from her clubbing days. Yeah, she had yes, that gown exactly. hanging. <laughs> yeah, she may have sewn up the front so that the coochie was held up. Yeah, but um, I do think that the women are clearly there. So the green-eyed bandits are warming up to Mia, and Mia is like a flip-flopper, really trying to rub elbows with the other team on the show but she does pretty much seem still steadfast team karen the ladies get on a party bus to go to williamsburg virginia okay first of all i was like guys you're going to virginia but then i got to the estate and i was like well are me and arthy gonna have to get this estate in williamsburg virginia or what yeah i think so i looked it up already i did that i did the homework it's on a golf course and uh-huh. it's it's a resort on a golf course and you we can go when we want. It's usually big homes. Uh-huh. There are homes on the resort, uh-huh. but we have to find out. If it's a home, then we would have to take everybody with us. Now, are you saying that if I set up a Patreon, we could potentially have the funds to afford that place? We could have the first glass of champagne paid for. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on who wants to support us on the Patreon. On going to Williamsburg Resort. <laughs> Yes, yes. But the non-existent Patreon. Yeah. The if on the if I set up a Patreon is so big and huge. It's like a Hollywood sign now. Yeah, it's the size of Wendy's new boobs. Yes. (laughs) It's lit up. It's changing colors every day. It's like the uh, Empire State Building and it changes colors depending on the day. Exactly. The ladies go to Williamsburg on a party bus. (laughs) And they use the pole. Like, the editors of of Potomac are so funny. If you remember when Atlanta started, that was Mm -hmm. like the beginning of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And Potomac was towards the end of the uh, pandemic when Mm -hmm. they were shooting. You can tell how the productions changed everything. The producers for Atlanta were sitting in their driveway and having... (laughs) 
yeah. having some meals. And this one, they're like having fun yeah. with what they have to do, which is like a long drive to Williamsburg, Virginia in a big bus. And they're having fun with it. Same with Shaz. Shaz is having fun with the production right now. I also think a big difference of it, I wonder if it's- Potomac started filming what in January of this year, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if they started filming in like December, January, we were past the election. So I yeah. think that that also sort of changed the, the, the whole mood. mood. The vaccine yeah. had come out. and Yeah. So I feel like that was overall a little bit more fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once they get to Williamsburg, we find out that there's an estate, the fancy mm-hmm. estate, and then there's a cottage. The mm-hmm. estate will house the Green Eyed Bandits, mm-hmm. Candace, and inexplicably Mia the cottage will have Karen Wendy and Escala yeah. but then I think that they d- set it up that way because Karen is going to be sworn in as the ambassador of the embassy suites in so Surrey she's going to leave early and Wendy is coming with her yeah she Karen invited Wendy on the bus and she had already invited Mia so it would have made sense for Mia to be there then they could have just closed that house down yeah but I think that money. they would have been like we're not going to have Escala stay with us in the main house <laughs> but Escala is is um, Robin's friend. That's actually a really good point. Yeah. Why wouldn't Escala stay? In I think house? it was producers trying to be messy. Mm, assigning those right. hosts. That's why the women were like, okay, fine. Otherwise, you would, you know, they would have, you know, Karen would have been like, but Mia is my friend. That's and true. Karen would have been like, I am the grand dame. And why am yeah. I not in the yeah. main house? That's true. Now, the ladies get into the house. And what I appreciate about Potomac is there's a spread. And they're like, we're not going to waste time over these rooms or fighting. We're going to get the food. And then food. we're going to fight. They fight with their mouth chomping on food. Their food. <laughs> love it so much. Robin's <laughs> mouth was filled with food. And she did not stop she was like i'm eating and i'm talking which usually annoys me to the core but for some reason in this scene i appreciated that now what do you think about this argument between giselle and karen (laughs) you know what i love about giselle versus karen everybody is wrong and everybody is right everybody's right and it's so cute it it is at once cute and ridiculous and it's so petty and it's so funny yes (laughs) It's so it's beautiful. Like it's a well, work of art. It's it a is. work of art. It's, it's a, a work of, of art. It's, it's what it is. It is housewives gold. It is the gold star, the yes. Olympic like gold medal of all medals. You could not produce it. You could not script it. Yes, you cannot script the things that come out of these two women's mouths and the timing with which they do oh, things. It's so good. It's so, comedic, comedic gold. It really is. So, like, even though I think Giselle is a monster, I don't think that Giselle should be apologizing about what she said about Ray four years ago. But at the same time, Giselle, Karen doesn't need to be apologizing for talking shit on Twitter about Jamal, even though it's all shit that everybody knows that even you know about Jamal. And your dad said those words. Your dad Karen was just repeating, quoting your dad. Yes. Here's the thing. If Giselle is now saying that Karen needs to apologize for talking shit on Twitter and coming for Mm -hmm. her family, then I hope that Giselle is ready to apologize to Wendy for bringing up the Eddie rumors on camera. Now, there's a lot of people on Twitter being Mm -hmm. like, why isn't Wendy mad at Ashley right now? Because Ashley's also joining in on the rumors. But there was a never before seen on Bravo TV. And it is, remember a couple of episodes ago, they went to a bakery when Ashley was still pregnant. Mm -hmm. She and Giselle. Giselle literally says, I'm bringing up the Eddie rumors. She literally (gasps) says those words. (laughs) That's again, 
who says that on camera? Who says it on camera? Because Giselle doesn't give a shit if she looks this way. That's the point. She's like, hi, hello, I'm here to earn a paycheck and I'm going to do this. Now, here's the thing I think that is funny about Giselle and Karen is they both want to be so messy and they both demand apologies. And that is why I hope that they never, ever, ever come off my they TV. Should, they should never apologize to each other either. And the things that they want they want apologies for are such stupid stuff. Yeah. And then for Giselle to say, I want Ray to live. I want Ray to pay his bills. Oh, my God. I'm like, uh, Jamal isn't paying his bills right Yes. Now it turns out Jamal has back taxes going back to when he was still married to Giselle. So, (laughs) and we all clocked that Arizona restaurant that he gave to his daughters as a tax write off. We know he was trying to do that. Now his our daughters will be involved in this scam. Uh, Hasn't Grace been through enough? She already failed three driving tests. Oh my god. Mm. <laughs> Did you see the picture I posted on Twitter? Oh, yes. It of was her so daughters rare. laughing at her and being like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I love the daughters. I love the daughters too. See, this is why the children actually make the women so normal. Yeah. Like that's why we, we love these women because they're really good mothers. They're yes. good with the kids. Yes. They're normal women, very sarcastic. They have a snarky sense of humor. Yes. They understand their assignment. They don't take things too much to their heart. And if yes. they do, they may bring it up in such comical ways. Yeah. And that's why I one of the things I'm worried about next week is that Giselle has talked shit about everybody's men, right? Yeah. Everybody, except yeah. for one, Dixon, right? Yeah. But none of the women take it seriously enough. Yeah. They just give it right back to her. But I'm worried that Wendy, her professor Wendy, is going to come up and she's going to take it super serious. She's not going to necessarily know how to clap back, but not take it seriously. You know what I mean? But here's the thing. Monique tried to come for Giselle that way. Monique mm-hmm. brought on Giselle's boyfriend's ex-wife to talk about how Giselle boyfriends gets his dick sucked at the park or whatever he did. Yeah. And Giselle didn't take that well. So I don't Giselle think that didn't take n- it well, but she took it calmly and then she came back for Monique. She did, but I, I hope that that's what happens with her and Wendy because yeah. I, and yeah. I hope Wendy doesn't let up because this could be the start of a really great feud. Yeah. Like I hope Wendy knows that she's got like the intelligence to fight with Giselle because mm-hmm. she's smart. And she mm-hmm. has receipts. You know who else is really smart and has receipts and we're going to totally take a detour? Mm-hmm. Is Jennifer Aiden. Ooh. Did you see yes. what's going on? Yeah. I saw the beginning part of it. I didn't see the whole thing. So there's all these rumors right now yeah. of there was a massive fight during filming in New Jersey and Jennifer Aiden and Marge got into it. Marge apparently brought up that Bill Aiden had had an affair from 10 years ago and it's something to do with him traveling overseas and all this shit, right? So what did Jennifer Aiden do? She went on Instagram and she said, I'm the mom of the family and I hold on to everybody's passports mm-hmm. and she has Bill's passports. Yeah. So she opened up Bill's passports from the time in question. Ooh, I didn't know this part. And she flipped through the fucking pages and she said, yeah. let's see where Bill has traveled. Yeah. And she showed the stamps and she said, I hate to burst your bubbles, ladies, but there's yeah. nothing going on. So <laughs> this is what I mean. Like Wendy has the opportunity to come for Giselle with receipts yeah. the way that I think Monique had intended to, but Monique is dumb. Yes. So I think that if Wendy, you know, focuses, because that's the problem with Karen, you know, Karen does 
doesn't quite have the intelligence to come for And that's why that Karen way. backs off though. Yeah. Karen picks up only petty fights. Do you yeah. understand? Yeah. She doesn't get involved in things that will require A first will in, uh, involve the law and B she doesn't do anything that will require her to work too hard yeah. and go and look for receipts. <laughs> Cuz you know, she doesn't have that. Ray and her can barely handle that computer they have yeah. the PC they have at home. They are not going to do anything of that. And then they have to call Matt Matt has to come and figure it out. It's too much. And Raven is not going to pick up the call. It's going to be too much. So Karen knows her boundaries and she stops just before that. She'll yeah. pick up like auntie fights. Yeah, She'll that's pick true. up auntie stuff to fight. About, I mean, fight the fact about. that she said Giselle is a bad wig wearer when we literally yeah. have seasons of yeah. Karen with her wig falling off. Yeah. Like, and she said Giselle's Jamal lives in her phone, which is the truth. Giselle herself admitted it this season. I know. So it's like she picks up on like random stuff like that. She won't pick up anything that yeah. needs facts. Yeah. She doesn't live in a fact-filled world. She lives in no. her own beautiful world filled with Grand Dame. Yeah. La Dame. You know, the House of Huger. Send. House of Huger. Yes. I'm Overall, I'm just, I'm excited for it. One thing that I was thinking of when you brought up the fact that that restaurant is in a strip mall is I heard this on Dumpster Dive, which everybody should be listening to. And Tom brought this up. He said that the fact that Potomac is still a show that is primarily filmed out of events taking place at strip malls really takes us back to the basics of what used to be in like OC. Yes. OC used to have yes. a lot of that kind yeah. of stuff of like yeah. people fighting over chairs at Javier's, yeah. like all that yeah. kind of good basic petty shit like that's the stuff that i think is really great it's old school classic stuff which is why we love it yeah okay you want to talk about shaz yeah so we're still in the woods people are ziplining people are wine tasting and if you want to add in another trope we're not just doing a wild western night but we're also doing a fucking mystery murder mystery dinner yeah okay it's not important but what is important is while everybody is having fun and getting along and actually bonding and Reza's actually apologizing to London for flipping out on her and it seems like everyone's in a great place, Destiny gets a call from Paulina who yeah. tells her that she and Mike are not doing great. She's been wanting to talk to Destiny, but she hasn't since Halloween, blah, blah, blah. Basically, thirsty-ass Paulina is roping herself back into the storyline mm-hmm. because Mike is purposely not trying to make his relationship the storyline. And Paulina mm-hmm. wants it to be the storyline so Paulina can get screen time. Correct. Because Paulina wants to be part of the show and yes. she's not going to be. No. She also likes to play victim so Mike has to then feel guilty and shower her with attention so she mm. can control him. Mm. That's what I think is happening. Yeah. And Mike likes to be in a position where he, uh, he can say he has a girlfriend and she's so awesome and he's being a dad and all of that while continuing to be a douche. So Mike and Paulina deserve each other. Mm. Mike is aggressive. Yeah. He tries to control Paulina by telling her what to do and what not to do. Paulina tries to pretend that she's listening to him, but then (laughs) she goes behind his back and does whatever she wants to do and complains about him being controlling so that everybody can feel pity for her and she can play the victim and then blah, blah, blah. Yeah, the loop starts over again. It's a loop that goes on and on and on and anybody who gets stuck in that kind of toxic relationship mess bystanders are the ones that will suffer these two will go on and on like this forever and everybody knows a couple of this kind yeah at some point in your life you come across a couple like that and you just have to stay away from that so paulina calls knowing very well that destiny is going to be with mike and the rest of them 
Yeah. She wants Destiny to start shit. Otherwise, there was no need for her to call Destiny then. She's like, oh, Mike isn't here right now. So I I feel like I can call you. She's Mm -hmm. pretending that Mike was the one controlling. And Destiny, for once, does not believe anything she's saying. She's rolling her eyes, but feeding Paulina the lines that Paulina wants needs to hear so she can hear what Paulina says. But I'm so glad Destiny did not totally believe what Paulina was saying. And I think to some extent, Reza is a piece of shit, but Reza is right. He is against Paulina and he knows her thirsty ass. And he sees her actually manipulating Mike, knowing that Mike has a temper and Mike will lose it and Mike has vulnerabilities and Paulina is exploiting it. That's how Reza sees it. I think that's how Gigi sees it. That's how Gigi sees it too. Yeah. And I think in this case, they're all right and they're actually looking out for Mike even though he's also a piece of shit they're actually looking out for him about Paulina wow that's how I feel I felt very strongly about that I was so disgusted by that phone call yeah I can see how Gigi why Gigi would have responded the way she did when she first got that text message yeah she did not want to engage with Paulina yeah I see why because Paulina has done this before and Paulina says to Destiny that it's happened again meaning that he is cheating on her again Mm-hmm. I think Mike I think you make such a good point I think Mike he enjoys feeling like a family man his brothers are married his brothers have children mm-hmm. his brothers have like stable careers and I think Mike enjoys the feeling that Paulina's children give her give him of feeling needed of having purpose yeah and I think Paulina enjoys the attachment to Mike because of the show so yeah. I think that they're both using each other for different things and it's like the most toxic relationship they were on Watch What Happens, and I tried to watch clips of it, and honestly, I couldn't watch it either. I watched, like, I literally watched, like, five, maybe ten minutes of it. It starts out with, so there was another uh, woman on the a show. A sex therapist, yeah. Sex therapist, and she, start, she started, like, analyzing them a little bit, and you should have seen uh, Mike had this, he had that creepy smile he has Ew. when he wants to, like, he really wants to punch somebody, and he's, like, really mad, but he's trying Ew. to control his anger and have that smile. So this therapist asked, Paulina why did you call Destiny was it because you you wanted to complain about him what happened and Paulina looked like she was so high first of all and she looked like she would not respond to that question she kept saying I just wanted I was just felt like I felt comfortable with her that's why I called her I felt comfortable with her she kept saying that it was the weirdest answer to why would you call her when you know that she had had a fight and you were you com- calling to complain about him knowing he was there and she kept saying I just felt comfortable with her so yeah, I- they're both like disgusting snakes I can't and then halfway through the woman the therapist talking to Paulina asking her a question and, and the therapist is waiting for Paulina to respond mm-hmm. Mike turns around looks at Paulina and like you look so hot right now. You look so hot. They literally start flirting Ew. and she starts giggling. It was, the, oh, it was Ew. horrible. It was I get the heebie-jeebies. And then Andy was sitting there completely, completely flabbergasted. He didn't believe anything. He was like, are you sure? Are you sure, Jan? The sure Jan face on his face was like <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was the most uncomfortable thing. I had to turn it off after about five, 10 minutes. I couldn't take it anymore. I try to look up online for clips. So usually on Watch What Happens, they always post some clips of the show. Yeah. Um, social on media. They, yeah. they didn't post post any clips it was, of it because they yeah. think it was super uncomfortable. And I watched a little bit of the after show where one of the questions that somebody asked the sex therapist was, what is the position that we should retire in bed? Yeah. And so the sex therapist says, oh, it's a position where a woman is flat on her stomach, her hands are kind of down, and the guy's hitting it from the back. She said, I think that position needs to be retired because it gives no liberty to women to be able yeah. to move and navigate their bodies and use their hand. And Mike looks at her and he goes, oh, you're so controlling. Yeah. And the therapist looks at him and says, yeah, it's a very controlling position. It's a very controlling position and we should really try to yeah. retire it because women don't, yeah. women need some control. Like I she wonder, kind of flips it back at him because yeah. Mike is, Mike is such a creep. And I don't know if it's the filler he's got on his face. I don't know if it's the Coke. I don't oh, know it was, what it is. It was either, they had, they were either high on Coke or they were, yeah, I think it was Coke because her eyes were puffy. She could not yeah. focus. They kept you know, talking in tangents and they didn't know what they were talking there. Oh, and then he kept smiling. He had a weird smile and kept smiling at the camera. It was so weird. And I wonder if the sex therapist after the show told Andy, I don't want this to go on online or whatever. She might have possibly. had problems. I'm, I'm assuming if there was a publicist, they would have had problems with that because that was, if he said he called her controlling and before that he kept interrupting her. Yeah. I can see how that would have been completely not acceptable for anybody any woman yeah with half a brain to be in now what did you think about this conversation that mj and reza have at the balcony where mj finally tells reza that tommy's really not gonna budge even if you remove the restraining order i noticed something where they talk about finally you know what we've been saying is let's talk about actually what happened that led to tommy coming to your mm -hmm. house and breaking shit yeah and reza actually admits it he says i mm -hmm. was in a rage and yeah. i just kept doing one thing after another after another and I got into this loop of just behaving badly because I was mm -hmm. feeling a lot of feelings and mm -hmm. I will say it's probably the most growth we've seen out of Reza to have like a real conversation but I think there's something else happening that they can't talk about on camera because MJ has to do a voiceover when she talks about the restraining order. Did you notice that? No, I did not. So so she and Reza are talking. She keeps saying, you know, there's just a lot going on on my side. And she says, it's hard to get past it because of, and then there's a voiceover and MJ says, because of the restraining order you have on Tommy. But you oh. can tell that it's a voiceover that MJ had to do later so they could cover some part of whatever the conversation is. So I think that you were right in that I think it was more than just the restraining order. It was must have been the fact that it's on his record, the fact that he had to go to jail. I mm -hmm. think that there was some other stuff that happened for Tommy yeah. that yeah. they can't talk about on camera, which is why MJ keeps trying to go to Reza to fix that. And I think yes. that's also why Reza's then having this extreme emotional conversation where I don't think that it's just that he can't see baby Shems. I think that he feels a lot of guilt about whatever yeah. it is that actually happened to Tommy. I think it's very hard to legally unwind all of that. Yes. 
even if you want to. Yes. And you cannot erase certain things because yeah. it's very hard to erase certain things. So yeah. I think that's where Reza is stuck because he cannot undo what he did very easily. And it's going to take a few years to do that. And I thought that scene was the most real Reza has ever been because even yeah. his crying and his tears were not the usual <laughs> yeah. baby shit. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually very different. His tone was different. The way he talked was different. Everything was different. I thought that was the real, most real he has been in years. Yeah. But I'm excited to see the finale. And um, they did do the reunion. And so we mm-hmm. did get to see everybody's outfits. Yeah. And all I'll say about... I, <laughs> Nima looked like he was wearing Carl's old clothes from Summer mm-hmm. House. Yeah. Because I think he thinks he's bi-coastal. So he thinks that he can dress like he's in Summer House. Except like the pants were white pants, but they were like loose. They weren't like yeah. tight. You know, the way that yeah. we like him on Carl. Yeah. Those tight, white, tight yeah. pants that Carl wears. He yeah. tried to do that. Look, it didn't work. Nima doesn't have the butt to do that. Yeah, he, <laughs> he doesn't, doesn't have, have the, the butt to carry that off. The one that I thought was the funniest is you have to go and look at Mike's reunion outfit. He looks like a fucking roasted baba ganoush eggplant, okay? He's wearing a full head-to-toe purple suit. He's got so much filler. His face is bright red orange. Oh. It looks insane. You must yeah. you must go check yeah. it out. Yeah. It's, it's great. Reza's wearing a suit, but then with, like, shorts, he looks like he's dressed in Baby Jagger or Baby, De- Baby yeah. Dean's clothes. Yeah. It yeah, just, everything is short. It looks like a toddler's <laughs> outfit. Yeah. Everybody and, looked terrible. Everyone. Except for De- Destiny. Destiny was the only one looking decent. And she wasn't even the most well-dressed by normal standards. I know. <laughs> Compared to them, she was the best looking. Yeah. Actually, they looked better in their uh, Western outfits. Than they, they really did. Than, the, than they did in the reunion outfits. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but do you know but, who looked better as a call Radke? Noah. Oh. <laughs> I know. I dressed my son like Carl from Summer House this weekend. He looks so cute. He looks so cute. He was running around (laughs) saying, more life. Okay, guys. (laughs) He called everybody gents. Um, That's it for today. We will talk to you guys about Housewives on Saturday. As usual. See you soon. Bye. Bye.